This is uh, week two of um, WWW. So as we begin today, for week two, last week um, I enjoyed um, getting to share some of the things that was laid on my heart on my drive home from the week before. And I feel like we need to dig into these, each of these three words a little bit more. And um, it's a shame when you can't say what you need to say in 30 minutes. So we're going to dig a little deeper today on the first W. Next week and the following week, we'll go through the other ones. Um, but we talked about how that John chapter 6, verse 66, that Jesus said to his disciples, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to his twelve, you also want to go away. But Simon Peter answered and said to, Lord, to, to him, Lord, to whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I want us all to bow our head and pray a specific prayer today as we go through the word watch. that we spoke about was awareness. That God would cause us to have an awareness of what's going on around us. That it would be spiritual. That it would be supernatural. It would have effect on our lives so that we wouldn't walk away. Scripture says the devil goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. <laughs> and we need to pray today that God will protect us, that he would lead us, that he would guide us, and that he would give us the will to stay. Stay in this path. To stay by his side. Father, we pray today for each and every person sitting in this room that will watch online, that will watch later. God, I pray today that you would just quicken our hearts, that your words would go forth today, that it would pierce even to the soul and the spirit of every person sitting here, every person listening. And God, that you would let us see and understand that the enemy sits seeks to sift us as wheat, just as you told Peter. And he's trying to shake the ground that we're standing on so that we would operate in fear. But God, give us faith, faith like never before. I pray that faith would stir and rise within the body of Christ, especially here at the bridge, that we would trust you, that we would believe in you, that we would walk with you all of our days. In Jesus' name. Amen. The first W we said stood for the word watch. And I read last week Luke chapter 21 verses 34 through 38. And it says, but take heed to yourself lest your hearts be weighed down with the dispensation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a snare. 
suddenlies happen. Situations happen. The unanticipated happens. Verse 35, for it will come upon all who dwell upon the face of the earth, of the whole earth. It will come upon all who dwell. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not exempt. <laughs> so what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying hell's coming. Amen. Amen. And I believe that old Lucifer himself is seeking to destroy your life and your way of living. But to whom do we have hope? Hello, love. Hello, joy. Hello, peace. It's a new horizon. What does that mean? we got a living God, one that dwells in our very being. When we accept him as our Savior, Dennis, he comes within us and lives on the inside of us to affect the outside of us. The question is, isn't whether he's coming or not, it's when. I don't know when. You don't know when. But in order to watch, it makes you aware so that you're ready when that situation comes. Verse 36 said, but watch at all times. Everybody say watch. Praying that you may have strength to escape all these things which will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, and all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Isn't it funny how that Jesus was telling his disciples to watch and pray? And be aware that something was going to happen. He was warning them, saying, the enemy is coming. He's knocking on the door. He even warned his disciples that he would be crucified on a cross, that he would rise on the third day. Everybody say, thank God for Easter. Amen. Amen. It may look like I'm washed up. It may look like I'm not good enough. It may look like to everybody else that I'm not the Christian I should be. But guess what? God's not done yet. He's still working on me. Amen? So these disciples, Jesus was warning them. But was they listening with ears only? Or were they listening with spiritual ears? I don't think they was listening with either. Because the things he was telling them, they did not do. He gave them fair warning. Watch and pray. It's pretty simple. So he takes them up on the hill. The disciples, watch and pray, Peter. Comes back, finds him asleep. Anybody ever get tired? Anybody love a recliner? Anybody love a good nap? 
We're supposed to be watching and praying. But I feel like the church is sleeping. Jesus said, awaken from your slumber. <laughs> awaken from the drool running down your face. And watch. But watch at all times, praying. So we was raised in church to believe that prayer happens when we come to an altar and kneel and bow our head and close our eyes and clasp our hands. But Jesus said, watch and pray. And I'm not telling you not to do those things. There is something to reverence. But there's times where there's something going on, you better be aware, you better watch and pray. For one, if you're driving down the road, amen, it'd be a good time to watch and pray. Bow your head and close your eyes. Praying in a car probably wouldn't work too well, would it, Mama Jane? That wouldn't be too good. <laughs> If you're riding with JR, I don't know. Maybe you probably do that sometimes from the passenger seat. But <laughs> Easter's coming, April the 9th. Are you excited? Have you invited anyone? You need to. I think we're going to have a good Easter. We're going back out to the school. Uh, we've already got it set up, and um, we're going back to the school for Easter. Last year it was a full house. I expect an even fuller house this time, especially if we invite people. I think there is an awakening happening in America and around the world. If you've got any spiritual air to the ground at all, you'll hear and know that the thing that happened at Asbury was not planned, coordinated. There was no committees. I loved it that that president stood up on that night when he uh, explained what was happening, that they didn't have to put a committee together. They didn't have to have smoke, and they didn't have to have fancy lights, and they didn't have to have anything. What did they do? As a bunch of kids stayed there after the service and began to pray and sing and read Scripture, and God showed up. Isn't that amazing? when we sing, when we pray, and when we read Scripture, that God shows up. So in the midst of your storms, Karen, pray, amen, watch, and do all those things and read Scripture. Because He shows up when we seek Him. Because He may be found. So, watching... I begin to think about that in, in a deeper uh, set of verses that Jesus talked about at a, at a later time in regards to watching. And I remember this early on in my Christianity after I gave my life to Jesus, and this was one of the verses and that really um, initiated my thought and my intent to stay saved forever. 
How many wants to stay saved forever? If you're saved, you want to stay saved forever. I don't want to give up. I don't want to go back. I don't want to throw in the towel. I want to stay because he that endures to the end shall be saved. Amen. Jesus said that he'll keep those that are in his hand. But we don't need to jump out of his hand. Amen. He wants to keep you. He's not looking to keep you out of heaven. He's looking to assist you and help you stay on your path toward heaven. But Matthew 25 is a set of verses that I want to read today and just talk about just for a second. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids, King James says virgin, who took their lamps and went down to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Look at your neighbor and say, which one are you? <laughs> I, I love it that Apostle Paul writes back to the Galatians and says, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Christians can be foolish. Come on, somebody. Let's, let's be honest in here. Let's be truthful in here. Amen. A little quirky, a little odd, a little peculiar, a little strange. Five were foolish, and five were wise. That means you got a 50% chance. The king of heaven was likened unto ten virgins, ten bridesmaids coming out to see the bridegroom. Five were foolish, five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. Everybody say extra. The little boys up in New York before media took over the world would stand out on the street corners early in the morning and work. If he was born into poverty... And little boys, five, six, seven years old, would have to work to help feed the family. Aren't you glad we live in a better world than that today? Nothing wrong with your kids working. It's when they have to work. That's two different things. Teach your kids to work. By the sweater of your brow you shall eat, all these things that we know is true. These little boys would stand out on the corner, and they'd give them a big stack of papers, And they'd scream what? Extra, extra. Read all about it. Buy one of these papers and you'll know what's going on. These wise folks had extra with them. Do you have enough to get through? Something's coming. Are you ready? When the bridegroom was delayed, they all, everybody say all, become drowsy and fell asleep. So you had five foolish, five wise. Wise had extra. Foolish didn't have enough. But all of them fell asleep. So it isn't enough just to be wise. 
you have to stay awake. Because how are you going to know he's coming if you're not watching? I don't know about you, but it seems like the day is at hand. That at any given second, that the Father can say to the Son, go and get the church. And he can call us out of here, the Bible says, in the twinkling of an eye. That at that moment the rapture will happen and the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen. And them which which are alive and remain shall go up to meet him in the clouds and go to heaven to live with the Father forever. The day is at hand. The day was at hand when they wrote those verses, when Paul was writing to Timothy and stating those things. The day was at hand. And I still believe the day is at hand today. It could be before the sun goes down today. It could be before we leave the doors of this church. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many has a hope of going to heaven? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when the heart becomes sick, guess what? You're going to fall asleep. Anybody ever get sick? It'll make you drowsy, won't it? Your kids get sick, while well, they do. They'll fall asleep. Then they'll wake up and puke. Right? It's how it is. Sickness causes us to be drowsy. Verse 6, at midnight, everybody say at midnight. They were aroused by a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. When Jesus splits that eastern sky, you're not going to have time to get ready. Do it now while you have a chance. And as they seen this bridegroom coming, they looked and they knew in that instant, I don't have what it takes. And they looked at the ones that did have what it takes, and they wanted to borrow off of them. I heard old preachers say this one time, that heaven is not going to have any grandkids in it. I can't go to heaven because my mama believes. I'm either going to believe and be a child of God myself, or I don't get to go. I believe she's praying for us. I believe all those things. But at the end of the day, the decision is yours. And you can't ride somebody else's coattails on the rapture train. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. <laughs> it's hard to prepare when you're out of oil. 
But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were going out to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. The warning was there, but the preparation time was over. There is a warning in the earth today. Prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can re receive and be empowered by a, a, a church service and impacted by church service, but you have to prepare your heart for the coming of the Lord. And I believe that we can come to church and we will be better people by coming to church because we're going to hear things that will excite things in our mind that causes us to act differently and try to clean ourselves up and do better. But that is something totally different than asking Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Because when I say I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, I need some cleaning up that I can't do. I've tried to fix myself and I've messed up more than I've fixed. Then that's when Jesus comes in and he says, I'm glad that you came unto me. Because my burden is light. And you're going to feel a refreshing and a renewing like you've never known in your life. Is there anybody in this house that has been saved by the blood of Jesus? I'm cleansed. Why? Because he cleaned me. Not because I did anything in my own power. Then those who were ready went with, in with him to the marriage feast. There's further things in Revelation that talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb and how beautiful that'll be when we get our set around and enjoy heaven for eternity. The feast is going to be beautiful. I love Thanksgiving, but it won't compare to what heaven's going to be. Amen. Rick, it won't compare to what heaven's going to be. That marriage supper of the Lamb is something you don't want to miss. Amen. I've missed some Thanksgivings where I lived away, and when we lived in Middlesbrough, we couldn't get back here sometimes, and I missed some Christmases with my family, and, and I truly missed it. I longed to be with my family, but we lived too far away, and we didn't get back sometimes. But I long for the marriage supper of the Lamb even more. Don't you, Ann? What a reunion that'll be. Amen. When my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face. The one who saved me by His grace. Come on, somebody. Is there anybody in this house knows what I'm talking about? The marriage supper of the Lamb. It's Jesus. He's the Lamb of the world. But while they were going to buy the oil, the bridegroom came and the notes were ready, went in to meet with him at the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Click. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back and said, Believe me, I don't know you. The day is at hand. The time to decide is now. If you don't know him, 
today is the day of salvation. Verse 13, the warning about watching from Jesus himself. And this is a day before he is crucified on the cross. He's telling disciples these last parables to get them ready. It's the end of the line. I'm concluding all of it. I'm wrapping it up. Jesus is wrapping it up. And he's telling his disciples these last stories that they would pin down for us. Verse 13 in Matthew 25, So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. So you too must keep watch. So these bridesmaids, the ten virgins, some were prepared, some were not. So all you hunters out there, would you go into the woods with a rifle without any ammunition? Be kindly senseless, wouldn't it? Because if you got in the woods and you did see the big one, and you didn't have no bullets, it'd be a bad day. <laughs> and literally when I wrote this down in this part of the sermon I wrote gentlemen would you when you go hunting would you and then I had to back up and I thought that, that's kind of gender specific and I can't do that in this room um, so I had to erase that so it's all you hunters out there Chuck can you imagine getting the boat ready and prepping up and getting everything prepared and heading out on the creek and getting calling Ryan, come on down, let's go fishing, right Ryan? Be a good day, wouldn't it? Get out there, put it out in Kenny Connect, get the troll motor started, get there a little bit, fire the motor up and head up the creek a little bit, honey hole. <laughs> that sounds just like when Ryan says it. <laughs> She said, honey ho. <laughs> and when you get up the creek and you get there to that honey hole and you're ready and you're prepped and you're ready and all that and you look down and there's a big old musky come swimming by. And you look over at Ryan because he was the one supposed to put the tackle box in the boat and you have no lures. You got a boat, you got people, you got the poles, but you have no bait. It'd be too late then, wouldn't it? That'd be a bad day. <laughs> Not getting the hook. That big musky. <laughs> namely Ryan, right? Yeah, namely Ryan. <laughs> You're a pretty good son-in-law, but this time you failed. <laughs> Ladies, imagine going grocery shopping and getting everything in the cart and everything there. And I know, I know some men shop. Ernie does the shopping for, for them, but I'm saying women right now. Out there, you get all your cart full. You get up. 
stand in line, too many people in front of you, work your way through the line, get to the end of the line, and you brought your purse, but you didn't bring your wallet. That would be a very sad day in time, wouldn't it? Because you're looking at everybody behind you and you've held up the line and they've already rung everything through. Ding, ding, ding. And you're standing there with that puzzled look on your face, but you just don't have what it takes to take it home with you. That's painting pictures for us to see. I don't want to be in that place when it comes to heaven. Take this serious because it is. And last and final little blurb here that I have. Well, two, maybe three. According, I got five minutes left. I wrote this down. Empty vessels cannot be filled when you're late. So let's say Jesus is coming back today, Ann, and he told us, and right now we heard God speak from heaven, meet me in Lexington in an hour and a half. How many's got enough gas in their tank in their car right now to get to Lexington in an hour and a half? <laughs> I'd run out going that way. I think the truck's less than that. I'd probably jump over into Tahoe because Leslie always keeps her cars full, and I'm the one that runs around on E. She gets mad at me because we take off and we get in the truck, and it'll be ding, lights already on. I said, I'm going to Ashland. She said, you're getting gas. No, I'm not. I think I can make it. <laughs> Anybody brave like that just run around on E? I, I'm one of those light watchers. It's just like it's a game. It's like, it's like this you know, thing I can do. I can, I can see how far I can make it on E. One time, Dusty had to come and save me. I wasn't going to call Leslie. <laughs> she wouldn't have came anyway. I called Dusty. I said, where are you at? Because he comes up that way to go to work. And I was like, where are you at? And he's like, I'm here. And I was like, okay, can you get a gas jug and uh, come save Preacher? <laughs> and he did. Thank you very much, Dusty. I don't think I ever paid you back for that. Yeah. He's got to roll down. <laughs> He's keeping a towel, ain't he? Yeah. It's pretty bad when you got to come save the preacher. Another thing is that the oil represented in these lamps that Jesus is talking about is the Spirit, is the power of God. And this oil is what causes the fire to be there. You know the fire I'm talking about, right? The fire of the passion. When you become saved, that you can't help but be on fire for him. That something ignited in my heart. That I, I remember when Dennis first started coming to church and he, he, he gave his life to Jesus. He trusted Jesus for his salvation. Your mama got sick. Dennis went in a hospital room. And prayed that his mom would live a little bit longer. And what happened? She lived a little bit longer. What did the doctor say? It was a miracle. <laughs> I 
I'm talking about fire to believe the impossible is possible. Is there anybody in this room that has any fire that believes that God can do anything but fail? The passion, the pursuit of holiness to say, God, feel me. Refresh me. Cause me to wake up every morning with a new trust, a new belief that anything is possible. That'll cause you to read a crazy book, D. I love that. You, and you're posting all over Facebook for everybody to see. That's just awesome. I, I can't wait to hear the testimonies of the people that get in that book study with D. And it, it's a, what's the title? For people who aren't Christians. Why is a Christian reading that? Because God wants you to. Why? How many know some non-Christians? That's people that don't believe just yet. That's what that means. It means they're pre-Christians. What one guy told us one time. They're not not Christian. They're just pre-Christian. It's a different way of looking at it. Everybody can be saved. If you can breathe air, you can be saved. Amen? Pre-Christian. Work on them, sister. Can we pray that God would help her? That God would equip us as a church to be a church that loves like Jesus loves, that acts like he acted and do what he called us to do so that we can win some to him? Father, help thee. God, I pray that her Bible study and her book study would cause people to come to know you. Amen? But guess what? That oil can't be bought. The Spirit of God cannot be bought. There's a story in the book of Acts where that they're heading through there. Miracles are happening. People are being saved. People are being baptized in the Holy Spirit and they're speaking with tongues. And I mean, they're praying for sick people and they're being healed and, and the revival's happening. And there's this guy comes up behind Peter. Hey, how much it cost? There's people who wants to see that. And he had used trickery his whole life and deception. He was a magician and he, he had used all that, but he saw that this is something real. I wasn't just making something look like it was happening. This is something really happening. And I want it. I'd like to buy it. Everybody say, God's not for sale. He's not for sale. You can't buy him. You can't contain him. You can't hold him. You can't... Keep him from doing what he wants to do. He is in charge. He's not for sale. He's more precious than rubies. The question before us today isn't, are you watching? The question is, what are you watching? We had a great Bible study here Wednesday night and had awesome people digging in and figuring out how technology can be used for the good because we all say that it's driving us to hell. <coughs> technology is evil. What if somebody watching across to YouTube right now gives their heart to Jesus? Is that evil? I don't think it is. I think we can use it for the good. Come on, somebody. Just as much as they can use it for the bad. The deal is, can we outweigh them? Everybody say, there's more of us than there is of them. Amen. We may look few, 
and far between. Gideon, it may look like when you walk out there and God says, how many of you are there? Not enough. There's a great big 10,000 person army and you got 400, that's not enough, God. Well, just go ahead and cut some of them out of the way and take it in half and then take those over there. What do you believe God's capable of? He can use one to do what thousands can't do. That's the God we serve. Do you believe today? Are you watching and doing what He's asked you to do in this place today? It isn't what are you watching. It isn't are you watching. It is what are you watching. I believe that the church needs to pray that the deception of the enemy over our youth, ourselves, with technology, that God would put a spiritual block. How many thinks God can put a spiritual block so that those things that you don't want to see come across your reels? Can anybody be real in this place? Come on, somebody. The things that scroll across your screen that you don't want to see and they just keep popping up. You think that's an accident? That's the devil himself. But God can use this for the good. He can cause those things that the enemy meant for harm to be used for the good. How many is tired of this dictating your life? My work buddy there the day, he's a preacher. He, he come to work and his phone that morning when he woke up was a black screen. He's a little bit older than me. And he clicked, held the button for 10 seconds, didn't come on. Held this button, that button for 10 seconds, it didn't reset. And he come in the office that morning and he looked like he was pale as a ghost. He said, I picked that thing up 30 times on my drive to work this morning because I'm so addicted. And he's pretty anti-technology, but he's addicted. I know I am. Who is that? Why does he know and you don't know? You was in school sooner than him. You didn't like history. I know. That's what they all say. Every young person I talk to, who is that? That's why I put this up all the time. I keep it on there. And I always ask young people, who is this? I don't know. Like, okay. It's 100 years ago. I get it. I, there's a lot of things I don't know from 100 years ago. A lot of things I don't know from five minutes ago <laughs> that you'll remember. I won't. If you have one of these, get it out. I want you to take it out right now. What's on your screen? It better not be a picture of her. Oh, it's him playing basketball. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Earl's got a picture of JR on his, I think. I don't know. 
No, it's blank. <laughs> there we go. And you can change that, but you can do whatever you want with it. I've had this a long time. But. I want you to just un unlock the screen so it's there on your home screen. And I, I want you to look at that. And I want you to speak to it. The Bible says if you speak to a mountain, if you speak to a mountain, be cast in the sea. <laughs> and believe, if you believe what you're saying, it has to be done. And I want you to speak to this thing. And I want you to say this, saying, I'm tired. Speak to your phone. Say, I'm tired of being deceived. I'm praying that God will put a spiritual block of everything that doesn't align with his word. I speak his truth. It is the truth. I believe Jesus is my Savior. You believe that? How many's tired of the junk that comes on that screen? I don't care if it's YouTube. I don't care if it's whatever it is. TikTok, Snapchat, fly by night. I don't know what they're coming up with next. Junk. So you've told it now what you don't want it to do. Now I want us to tell it what to do. Speak to your phone. Say, in the name of Jesus, technology will be used to bring people to Jesus. My friends, my family, my neighbors, my community, I will use this resource for your glory, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. I think prayers can move mountains and change the world. And I'm praying this week those things that you just said will come to pass. That things will be blocked and things will be released for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. If you'd bow your head and close your eyes in this place today. God, I pray today as you've awakened our hearts. The God, you've set upon our mind to be watchful and mindful of you. God, I pray if there's anybody in this place today that doesn't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, that your Holy Spirit would come and you would fill the void in their heart. And God, that you would fill them afresh and anew, that the Spirit would come and that oil would be the cleansing, refreshing, renewing, strengthening thing that they need in their life in this place today. Take their broken vessels and make it something that would hold and house your glory, oh God. In Jesus' name. Everybody, heads bowed, eyes closed. Is there anybody here today, if you don't know him as your personal Lord and your Savior, you've never given him your life, or maybe you've known him before and you've walked away from him, You've abandoned him. You've jumped out of his hand and said, I want to do it my way. But you're sitting here today and you, 
you know that the Spirit's talking to you and saying, come home. Today's the day. Give your life to me and watch what I'll do with it. If that's you in this place today, I want you to lift up your hand if you're ready to give him your life. Anybody here? Rededicate your life if you're ready to give him your life and say, today is the day of salvation for me. Anybody here? Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Somebody else. Anybody else? There's others here. Amen. Thank you for that hand. That's awesome. God's watching. Anybody else? There's others here. You just need to lift up your hand. Be brave. We're not going to call you out. We're not going to make you come and stand. We're not going to. None of that. This was between you and God. Anybody else? Today is the day. Amen. Anybody else? Just lift up your hand and say, that's me. I give him my life. I need him to save me today. Anybody else? Everybody here, just pray this prayer with us. Whether you lift your hands or not, it really doesn't matter. You can pray this prayer and you'll be saved. Everybody here, just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you, forgive me for my sins, for my faults, for my failures. I give you my life. It is yours. Do as you wish. Make heaven my home. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I promise you it is so. You're as saved as you'll ever be. Love God, love people, be a blessing. Make sure and start inviting people to come to Easter with us, April the 9th, out to school. Look forward to seeing you again next weekend. Come back and be with us.